I am Wendell B. Harris Jr., and you are listening to The World is Wrong Podcast. We're here to tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about The, the world, world is Wrong. wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the World is Wrong podcast, an extremely positive <laughs> podcast where we celebrate films and film artists the world is wrong about, and this is our promised and long-awaited season two wrap-up episode. I know we said at the end of our Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the Dream Child episode, it would be next week. <laughs> that... <laughs> is uh, a, demon- a demonstrable lie. Uh, we did. We it was not. In- we were not intentionally lying at the time. But yeah. you didn't know that, and so yeah, our po- our apologies. We we endeavor <laughs> to be truthful in this podcast, and sometimes we are the world that is wrong, and that is one of those cases. But we have an exciting season two wrap up for you, and yeah. Uh, and Brian, are you excited about it? I am very excited about it. Now, this is, it's, I can't believe we're already at the end of another season. It's crazy to think that we've done this for two years now. That's wild. Yeah. And the first year, yeah. the first year was kind of easy because we were stuck in our homes. There were no distractions. <laughs> there was nothing to do. It may have saved our lives. <laughs> yeah. Saved my sanity. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, year two, more distractions. We've, yeah. been, we've been doing things. We've been uh, being creative. Uh, and so why, why, why don't we start off there? So if, you're, you know, if you've been following this podcast, first of all, if you're listening to this, this episode of this podcast now, and this is the first episode of the podcast you've heard, for God's <laughs> sake, stop. That's just weird. <laughs> why would you do that? Go to any, yeah. almost any other episode, <laughs> and you'll get a better idea about what we do. This is for those of you who have made the journey, made the trek, if not through all of our episodes, at least through enough so that you'd be interested in hearing us talk about <laughs> our <Anything>? thoughts about <laughs> the episodes we've already done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but we have some, there's some corrections, there's some, we have some insights maybe into yeah. uh, the, into the shows the films and uh, cinematic projects we've covered uh, leading up to this so uh, yeah we have a, it's a good episode for you who are so already subscribed to this podcast but if you're just discovering us go to the first episode or which episode would you have when you do you have an episode that you recommend people check out <sighs> um hmm I mean, I just kind of point people in the direction. I'm trying to think of like what I would if someone was like, what is your best episode? I don't know. What would you think is the one that we're both like on it? I'm trying to I'm trying to like. I really I love the like Paperboy m- episode. Our first <laughs> our second episode. I mean, I love the Mordecai uh, episode, except that uh, you're wrong about Mordecai. So it's no fun. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I really liked doing, I liked that, that double whammy when we did November Men and Cat's Meow as response to two movies we did not care for. I really liked that. I think those two were good because it took our anger and frustration of a movie and instead of just venting for two hours on how crappy those movies are, instead we pivoted and praised movies that we thought were the better versions of those movies, basically. 
which was uh, Mank in the November, however many there were. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Mank in the November meant, well, Mank was the response to Cat's but, Meow and Chicago, and uh, sorry, Cat's Meow was the response to Mank. And yep. the November Men was the response to Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yes, yeah, yeah. To I think revisionist I'm proud of those historic, uh, historical films that offended us both deeply as people who were somewhat <laughs> aware of the history. Uh, so, and those, I think, go on. And I think those are very telling of who we are because you picked a movie that was very that politically upset you, and I picked a movie that just upset me about movie history. <laughs> so I think it's very telling on where our minds are of who we are as people. So I think those two were good examples to go back to. And just in case, you know, just for popularity's sake, I want to tell you what our, let's say the top, well, I want to say seven, eight, the top eight most popular episodes that we have had. Uh, our John Ronson episode where we interviewed him, where he talks about Frank and Oaksha the mm -hmm. films that he uh, was involved in the writing and the film Pride, which he was a fan of. That's our most popular, most downloaded episode. Then the Brown Bunny episode. <laughs> then wow. the Paperboy. Okay. Number four, you're going to love this. Our episode Wrongness. Woody, huh, Sinead, okay. and Charlie. I'm very proud that that is one of our most popular. The Hot Spot. Hmm, interesting. Don's Plum with Dale Wheatley. And our epic interview with Wendell B. Harris Jr. about his film Chameleon Street. What what an interesting mix of very different things. <laughs> if I'm going to guess that we would both that maybe the last film, the last episode we would recommend that people check out is our Brown Bunny episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When I think about it, that was a really good episode. Like we did. I really enjoyed doing it. But that's not a movie that I would be like that. Check that movie out, guys. <laughs> Which is part. Uh, maybe that's probably why it is. Maybe I think even though we think the world is wrong and we are happy to say that i think we're both and we, we really wanted to talk about the brown bunny so it was a perfect one for us to yeah. do but we're both aware of how wrong the world is about it and would just rather not have that conversation like <laughs> i would like for everyone who i meet i would like for them all to listen to our the brown bunny episode but i don't <laughs> trust them enough to suggest it <laughs> My hope is it was a lot of 13-year-old boys thinking that they can hear a blowjob on a podcast. That's not my hope. That is the opposite of my like, hope. Like, this is the best I can get. If I listen to this episode about this X-rated movie, it's like watching the X-rated movie. My hope is uh, that, that it's all of the people who thought the exact opposite, who are like, why is that the only thing anyone talks about about this movie? Can we please talk about... The cinematography, the sort of auteurship, the, I mean, the rediscovery of Cheryl Teagues, the, so many good things. Interesting. Uh, Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, I, and I think this is a nice balance. Like, well, the Brown Bunny, we agreed on. That was a, we chose. The Paperboy yeah, we chose was it you. Together, yeah. yeah. Wrongness, I definitely forced the issue on. <laughs> the Hot Spot, I think that, me. that was you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Don's Plum and Chameleon Street were mine. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I feel like in general, when I look at it, it seems like yours are the more popular ones, but I guess... No. Not. <laughs> Where's the imposters on there? Oh. Dead last is my <laughs> guess. <laughs> After last season, I'm... not even registering. <laughs> Actually, let's see what the last... What, what, the... what is the least? The least popular... <laughs> my guess is there. if you do the bottom five, my bet is they're all picks that I did. That's my okay, guess, okay, is it's you, all Brian picks. Okay, you're so sure of yourself. Let's see. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. The least popular episodes. And these are still, you know, they get... These are, okay, these are our episodes with under 100 downloads. The least popular one is our bonus intro to Kid, Ma Kid Mania. Let's not even count that because that's just an, a bonus, an intro. Okay, the okay. least popular one is U.S. Go Home. That's yours. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, man. So Gallo at the top and Gallo at the bottom. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, AJ. Second least popular is our o Oscars Pro and Con with AJ Gonzalez. That's wrong because that's a great episode. That I, is a great episode. That is a great episode. <clears throat> you were right. The imposters are the le <laughs> third least popular. Uh, oh, you bastards. The horse's mouth. The brilliant film, film from 1958 with Alec Guinness is sandwiched in between the imposters and top five. Boo. Man. Boo, boo to everybody. Boo. Those are all good. Let, <laughs> I, let me just, I got to say, because look at, the, I'm so depressed. Uh, <laughs> temptations. Then the next one is Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor at 100, tied with Destroyer with Zach Carlson at 100. That's a bummer. Johnny Cool from 1963 at 102. Boo! And Bob Roberts at 106, and The Cat's Meow at 108. Good God, people. What are you listening to? Please. Please. Go back and check out. That's what I'm recommending. You should watch, the, listen to our episodes on The Cat's Meow, Boston. Bob Roberts, Johnny Cool, Destroyer, The Horse's Mouth, The Imposters. I don't know. Temptations? Yeah. I, I I got a lot out of it. I didn't love the movie Temptation, Confession. I thought it was a good counselor. conversation. It was a great conversation. The U.S. Go Home, I thought was a good conversation. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, when Claire weird. Denis' new film comes out based upon yeah. the Dennis Johnson novel. It'll yeah. Yeah. When she wins her Oscar, yeah. people will go crawling back to the. Oh boy, that was a well, that was well, an interesting shocking. little digression. I uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Okay. Shocking. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what what we have been up to, and why we're yeah. taking a break. Yeah. yeah, it's because we don't like each other anymore. <laughs> Clearly, you can hear how much the the, the uncomfortable disdain that. We've changed so much over this last year. <laughs> no, no, we've just been very busy. And Brian, you have been the busiest of all. Uh, because, I'm a busy guy. Yeah, you are. You are currently a uh, a rising star as a director and as a writer. Your new film. We've talked a little bit about it. Make popular movies is currently hitting the festival circuit. Tell us a little bit yeah. about the excitement around make popular movies yeah so i submitted it to a lot of festivals uh 65 in fact which everyone says is insane <laughs> but i mean i made this to be seen so what else am i supposed to do and you got to play the numbers game you know you got to play to win uh it's already played at two little festivals both festivals it has won awards what were the festivals uh, 
the first was the Prison City uh, Film Festival. <laughs> uh, I, I like how you kind of like went <laughs> off mic for that. Say that again. The- that prison, no, it's a Prison City Film Festival, which is a great festival. Uh, so, and that's in Huntsville, Texas, and it won best uh, narr- U.S. narrative feature, best director, and best comedy, and it was a great world premiere. Then it played at the Bare Bones Film Festival in Muskogee, Oklahoma, where it won the Independent Spirit Award. Uh, And so that was very exciting. And uh, there's more to come. I can't announce it yet. I've been told not to say which other festivals until they announce it first. But next month in June, there is another much bigger festival. So look for that. Uh, And hopefully that'll keep going. My hope is to keep touring. I've submitted it to festivals that go all the way through May of next year. So I'm hoping the next year is just touring, meeting people. If you've heard the show and and I'm there and you see me, say, hey, I'm a fan of The World is Wrong and, you know, introduce yourself so I know who's out there. So, yeah, that's it's exciting. It's and it's been people are really liking it. And it's, it's good. It's a movie not for everybody. But I'm certainly very proud of it. We just did our cast and crew screening recently, and it was very fun. And yeah, I'm just excited that people are embracing it. All the big festivals are rejecting it, but all these cool little festivals in these interesting little towns are, <clears throat> I guess it makes sense. Like these little fests are embracing this little movie, and the big fests don't want it because it doesn't have, you know, famous people in it. Yeah. It all makes sense. It's making stars of its cast. <laughs> it's making stars. So uh, tell us a little bit about this film. Like you tell us where it is, but what do you, what what is this? Make popular? Is it a manual it's, to make it a... into Michael Bay films or what? It's a comedy about the movie that wins the first ever Oscar for most popular film. It's it's a comedy. It's a fiction thing. But everything that happens in the movie is true. Uh, And it stars the great John Golson as a director at the helm of this popular film. And uh, Franny Harold as the main actress in this film. And Nathaniel Hendricks as the main actor in this film. And yeah, it's just a fun... It's a thing that's been bubbling in my head for years. And I finally was like, I'm done waiting to get things made. I just got to make it myself. And so I put all my money that I had into it. And uh, now it's done. And now I'm just showing it to people. So it's very exciting. Yes. And um, (laughs) you leave out the fact that you also act in it. Uh, well, uh, Zach Carlson, it? who's been on the show, he's he's good in it. Yep. He's who else is uh, who else would our fans be aware of? Oh, Jasmine Moreno. Yes, Jasmine yes. Moreno's in it. Program Jasmine Moreno AFS. from our Foxfire episode. She's also She's in, in it. it. It's a you yeah. know basically the only person from the World Is Wrong podcast who's not in your movie is me. Uh, so. <laughs> well, when I made it, we weren't talking. So yeah. <laughs> totally up to you it was your choice i was i was available you could have called me but it's okay hey i understand i'm not i'm not i'm it's a very exciting film i've seen it i think it's hilarious there are scenes in it that you will never forget and not because they're gross uh but because they're just indelible uh performances and uh and moments in screen history that have never been captured before so, and yes, John Golson, no offense to the other actors, but John Golson, your star is a, uh, I will be very surprised if he, in the next five years, <laughs> is not acting in films and TV shows that people see more of, including maybe ones that you make. 
that people see more of because, okay, so that's your film. Nice, nice. It's good. Cool. Ever. That's fine. That's nice. But you are also a screenwriter and you have a screenplay yep. <laughs> that just uh, is, is, is actually being made for, like, by, again, I'm saying no offense a lot, but no offense, yeah. a real director with real money and a real cast of movie stars and people. And it's huge for you. It's like it's totally putting you <laughs> in an entirely different class as a screenwriter. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, assuming the film goes well, but all, but you're moving in that direction. I'm incredibly yeah. proud of you, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Tell people about this Thank film you. as much as you can. Yeah. Well, I can't go into the details of who's making it yet again, because I've been told that I can't say anything about it till it's officially announced by... Rennie Harlan. Rennie oh. Harlan. <laughs> Rennie Harlan. <laughs> no, uh... I wish. Uh, no, oh, I don't no, wish. I'm glad not. <laughs> but uh, let's just say it's a director of, you know, note in the world of uh, festival movies and movies that people like and an actor that you will definitely, everyone knows. And we're going to go film it in Europe. And it's a, it's a horror comedy. And uh, I'm just really What's excited. What's it called? It's called Destroy All Vampires. That I can say. That I will say. But everything else I'm not going to say. I'm going to leave the plot a mystery. But it's a comedy. It's a horror film. It's an action film. It's something that Zach and I wrote a long time ago. It was actually the first thing we ever wrote together. And it, it's finally getting made. And so it just shows people that, like, don't give up. Keep trying. We've been trying to make this movie for a very long time. And now, for whatever reason, the things are lined up, you know, the the, the stars are aligned and it's happening. Supposedly, I'm going to knock on some wood because as anyone yeah. knows who's made a movie, it could all horribly fall apart, as this project has many times. But right now it's looking good. And definitely once it becomes an official thing, we will we can talk about it more on the show, if anyone cares. I don't want this to show to be a total self-promotion for myself because it's more about other movies that other people made uh yeah but but let's take take the time it is exciting it's exciting and just so fans of your work will remember that you and zach have a book called destroy all movies which is about (laughs) punk a history of punk rocks in film yeah so is destroy all vampires a history of punk rocks (laughs) in vampires You know what? Punk I don't rock think, vampires? I don't think there's a single punk in the script, <laughs> but that could change. But the punk wasn't in the script in Big Business, and one shows up in the background of that Bette Midler comedy. So you never know where the cameras pointed. A punk may show up in the background. I don't know why Zach and I are stuck on that title. I think it was just sort of like we were a big fan of Destroy All Monsters, the Godzilla movie, and then so I made so I've made <laughs> Destroy All Movies. Destroy all vampires, make popular movies. I'm just using the same words and I'm just rearranging them. I'm just really clearly tapped out in terms of titles. Well, I mean, people aren't aware of this, but you and Zach write all of your screenplays in refrigerator (laughs) magnets. Yeah, and we only have eight of them. So we can only have so many combinations. Uh, Mathematically, what is that? I don't know. But uh, it's, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I definitely, like, I've sworn to secrecy on it until it's, uh, it actually happens because I also don't want to curse it. So we'll we'll see. But hopefully okay. uh, soon it'll be a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we will, uh, when, when we know more about it, we will post about it on the World is Wrong social media 
platforms on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. So uh, that's what you're doing. That's what you, so just to be clear, Brian has a new film he's directed that is playing the festivals and a film that he wrote with his partner, Zach, that is being made into a big budget vampire, potentially a vampire movie, if you go by the title, uh, being made in the coming year. I have been building a website. It's really exciting. It's very exciting, folks. It's called Previously Yours. It's not a feature film or a screenplay getting made into a feature film in Europe, but it is a compilation of all of basically my life's work in music and film and writing and podcasting. One place where you can find out all about uh, the things that I put out that I've cared about. And you might not know that because sometimes, uh, like, you know, I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes when I get done with a project that I really care about, I realize that I don't really care about other people <laughs> hearing it as much as I cared about doing it. Yeah. So I have a lot of things that I really just put hours and months and sometimes years, even sometimes decades into creating. And then by the time it's done, I just sort of put it up someplace and without there being one catch-all. Uh, it kind of just gets lost in the world of the internet. So that site is called previouslyyours.com. It'll also, you can, if you go to andrasjones.com, it should direct you to, the, to that as well. And by the time this comes out, that should be available. You'll be able to purchase songs individually uh, from my bands, my many bands, many records, or just, uh, or buy full albums. You'll be able to see stuff from my different the movies, different movies I've been in, or acted as a producer on, or have songs in, or the the many, the many different podcasts I've hosted, including this and Radio Eight Ball, and about my book. Uh, the uh, it's called Accidental Initiations in the Kabbalistic Tree of Olympia, and. Um, I know it's not as exciting as a big motion picture with big stars like John Golson in it, but but it's a it is a labor of love. And if you like what I do, I hope people will check it out. Particularly, uh, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot, but my main my main focus is songwriting and music. And uh, and for the last many years, I've been playing it pretty close to the vest. So I hope you check it out. That's amazing. I think what you've done, so many people think about doing and don't do. Like, I know I have, like, so many movies I've made that I'm like, I should put those on a website. I should do it. And it's, but, like, it's so hard to have the want to do that. It's mis <laughs> It seems so miserable. You look at it and you're like, oh, God, Jesus. Oh, I have hundreds of songs in here. I had to write a blurb about each one of them. And it's just but like, oh. now that you've done it, Whenever you have new things, you can just put it on there. You don't have to like have yeah. like now that you have the big chunk or almost done, or it's done. By the time this is episode airs, it's done. It's ready to go to. So it's cool that you have that. That's a lot of work. How long did it take to put all that on there and go through everything? Well, has this been a years I mean, in the making sort of idea? It has been. So my work. On it. It's basically been a year, almost a year, maybe nine months uh, since the web develop the web builders or the web uh, developers. I and mean, the team that I, that I hired to, to build the actual 
structure of it since they delivered that to me. But even that was a whole process, was like getting them on board to do it and then agreeing on that and then working out their schedule. It was a smaller project than they usually do, so it kind of got backburnered. So there was just a lot of sort of like work getting it started and then waiting for it to be ready. And then, yeah, it's been about nine months of writing and... You know, and not writing and sometimes just like avoiding it because I don't like knowing I have to write about an album that I really don't want to go back and think about because <laughs> not because the music is is problematic, but just because the band is no longer there or maybe someone in the band is dead or not talking yeah. to me or or it, it was, I was writing about a relationship that I don't necessarily want to go back and revisit, yeah. but that's part of the work of doing it. So it turned yeah. out to be less miserable than I thought, <laughs> but I think that is in large part due to uh, my new practice of adding a shot of gin to my cider. It's uh, <laughs> really, it, it helps a lot. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, highly recommend it. Wow. A good, a good strong cider with just a shot of gin in it. Mm. That'll get that'll get you through a whole <laughs> a whole two or three hours of uh, well maybe not a full two you might have to re up halfway through it but a full <laughs> a full writing session so um, so yeah so that's that is coming soon or it, it's available now for you those of you who are listening to it please check it out please let me know what you think of it and uh, yeah enjoy and uh, there is one other thing there's something that. This is the part where we're talking about projects we're working on. And one thing I did recently that will be featured on the Previously Yours, on PreviouslyYours.com, my website, sometime, you know, probably before your European vampire adventure comes out, but not, uh, but maybe not before people get a chance to see make popular movies, is a short film I made with my client and friend Andy Schmushkin and the actor David Yuri called Confessions of an Anti Schmushkinite that goes <laughs> into, uh, delves into a protest, a fake protest that I organized against a Schmushkin show in Hollywood in the early 2000s. That David Yuri was part of the uh, the fictional hate group, the Anti Schmushkinites, but he and some of the other actors kind of just got too into it, and it turned into what felt like a real hate group, and it scared <laughs> a lot of people, and it made the footage of the show pretty unusable. So we recently reshot uh, shot some footage with David Yuri. Uh, portraying himself in Confessions of an Anti-Schmushkinite. And I think it's very funny. And maybe even, uh, maybe it'll it'll make you think a little. So get ready for that. If you ever feel called to join the Anti-Schmushkinites, you know, this might be a a cautionary tale. So (laughs) in the meantime, you can find out all about Andy Schmushkin at PreviouslyYours.com. There's a whole section devoted to him, his videos, his music. And his uh, his philosophy and life story, and uh, so those are the things that that's what I've been working on. That's what you've been working on, and and we can't talk too much about it. But through this podcast, Brian and I have started collaborating on a shared project, and uh, yeah. what I guess we can say it is in the medium of film. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think it's within the, we can say the genre, it's within the horror genre, which you've had much success in, and I will hopefully soon. And, and the comedy and genre, the comedy in which genre. you have had a certain amount of success. Yeah. So it's a, it's a movie that, that I, again, an idea I've had for a while, and I wrote it, and I'm going to rewrite it, and the plan is to try to make it with you helping uh, being involved in more ways than one, <clears throat> behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I'm excited to start doing that. Uh, we already have started doing it. We're, we're yeah. thinking about it and figuring out how to get it made. So... If anyone out there wants to give us money who likes us, <laughs> wants to be involved in a movie, who's listening, uh, I will accept your checks. Yeah. Well, there, and <laughs> and if you'd like to, if you think that there's a way that you can contribute, you know, uh, yeah, if you'd like to be involved in in our projects, whatever they are, definitely reach out. If you're a if you're a film professional, an aspiring film professional. Uh, or just, uh, or as you say, just someone with a big wads of cash they want to throw <laughs> at their favorite podcasters. <laughs> we, I guess we can say one other thing about this, about the film. Sure. Which is that it is going to feature the star of Make Popular Movies, <laughs> the breakout star of Make Popular Movies, John Golson. Right? Unless it, he, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything could change. He could all of a sudden Too get famous. invited to work yeah. on, you know, the next Mission Impossible film or something. Yeah. Which I would be all for. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, it will be the it will it it should be the return of John Golson. And if you don't know who he is, once you do, you will know that that is a very exciting thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Can we? Are you able to like post clips? from make popular movies and still have it in in festivals because i would love it if we could just <laughs> maybe just put up like one or two clips well there's a trailer the film you know there's a good trailer that has everybody in it i think that is all i'm willing to share right now i'd rather come on just the bar scene when they when <laughs> yes. bolson's in the bar with the phone trying no, to I talk think... I think people need to be surprised. Maybe in a year. Maybe after it's toured okay. festivals. I, you know, I want people to experience it f for themselves. Find this film. Make yeah. popular movies. Uh, you're such a good boy, Brian. It's so frustrating. Come <laughs> Why? On, just sneak us in the back door. Let no. us see this. No. Okay. 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 So that's what that's what we are. That's what we are devoting our time and energy to while we're not putting out this podcast. Uh, but we are going to keep recording. And when we come back, we're going to, not when we come, we're not about to leave right now. We're still doing this podcast. But when we come back for season three, we will have a whole bunch of episodes recorded. So we're not, I, I don't think I could go a month without recording at least a couple of these because it's really the best, you know, one of the best things going for me uh, <laughs> mentally. So that anyway, so that's what we're, that's what we have been up to are going to be up to. And we hope that you support and check out those projects where you can. Now, I don't know. Let's go. Let's actually go to the season two recap. Let's get into talking about what we just did. Okay. And so with this recap, this will be a good way for us to, if there was any mistakes, we can correct them. Just any yeah, insight, anything we've learned. Because a year is a long time. Maybe 
we've thought about this movie more or whatever and have new new things to say. I don't know. Or maybe we said it all and we'll look at it and go, yep, we did it all. <laughs> well, there are things to report. There might be things to report. Yeah. You know, things we didn't we didn't know when we recorded let's, them. Let's so. do it. <clears throat> okay. So... Well, we started off last season. Do we need? We had our intro where we talked a little bit about Accidental Hero, but I don't think there's anything we need to get into with that. But we really kicked it off with Frank. And yeah. that, in a way, had a huge influence on the season of the podcast because Frank, the combination of Frank and then Oksha led us to John Ronson, who, mm-hmm. as we said earlier, yeah. was one of our most popular, is our most popular episode so far. And actually, Frank is one of the episodes that I would recommend to almost anyone. I feel like just the I'm very proud of the production on that because the music is such a great element. And I love when we can get music into the podcast. Yeah. Until, you know, the copyright lawyers come after us and make us take it out. (laughs) Um, You any any thoughts? Like we, we learned how to say Donal Gleason, <laughs> not Domin Hall. So I feel like that was a nice thing to share with the world. I think that was definitely one of the best movies we've watched for the podcast. Like that's a movie I still think about. That movie is great. Um, and I think it maybe it is inspired because of the themes of that movie and the way that they create stuff and the way that movie is about kind of creating things in a, in a certain sort of lifestyle maybe has inspired us to go help make our own stuff. Maybe there's a little bit of Frank in the back of our heads while we're going off on the journey of our own creations. Well, it is definitely inspired. Uh, Scoot McNary has definitely inspired me to grow a beard. So <laughs> I have am, a beard I am, right now. It, it itches, but I can't seem to let it go. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen you with a beard. Yeah. Have you ever had oh, a beard yeah. before? Yeah. What? Oh, I've seen you with a mustache many times, but never a beard. Wow. Yeah. Can you grow a big beard? Like, can you grow a nice, yeah, bushy beard? Yeah, I end up getting, I end up kind of, when I was younger, I ended up looking sort of Robin williams okay. with a beard. Got it. I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough about my beard. Uh, we'll just keep going through these. So, uh, Wilder Napalm. Yeah. That was, a, that was one of your choices. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't get the reaction that I hoped that one. I really thought because that's a movie. It, it, it's funny. I keep having this problem with this movie, but that world is wrong. What can I say? Where like I want to keep pushing this movie on people, and then they don't. Nobody has anything to say back. So I like even got to the point of showing a thirty-five millimeter print to an audience of people, and nobody seemed excited. <laughs> it. maybe I'm just a man alone. On Wilder Napalm, I'm proud of 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 doing that movie. I'm glad that we put that movie out there. But I feel like I need to do more Dennis Quaid. I feel like I didn't get to express enough how much I really like him as an actor and how underrated I think he is. So there's, I think maybe more Dennis Quaid is going to be a comment. This isn't the final word on Quaid. Okay, okay. Uh, I feel like it. it... If nothing else, I think it's useful in terms of filling in some blanks in Vince Gilligan's and an understanding of Vince yeah, Gilligan, yeah. who's a, yeah. become such a big influence on popular culture. So whether or not you like it, 
you should take it like medicine so you can <laughs> so you can understand this filmmaker <laughs> then we move on to our 50th episode september 30th 1955 i feel like that was kind of zeitgeisty because right afterwards it seemed like everyone maybe it was just the pure cinema podcast and the new beverly theater but they're kind of culture movers in themselves the new beverly at least is and they did a big uh james bridges retrospective and so being right ahead of that and doing that episode with alex simon of the hollywood interview I was really happy with that episode. It's not yeah. a film for everyone. I think most people most people don't love it as much as I do. Maybe it's just maybe it's partly my connection with Susan Terrell, but uh cuz she's so great in it, but I uh yeah, I, I was very happy with that episode and it was great getting to talk with Alex. He's a a great follow on social media. I don't always agree with him, but I but when I do, it's usually about something where the world is wrong. So he's he's an interesting guy. Nice. Um, and um, then we got into ho- we got into the the monster movies that are horror movies that aren't horror movies and Wolf, uh, <laughs> which I yeah. think we just both loved. That's a, I thought that was a pretty great episode. I agree, and a great movie. <laughs> God damn, a great movie! Oh Jesus, <laughs> just watch it. It's so good. Then we did the uh, Bong Joon-ho's Oksha with Jen Brown from Genre Graveyard, which was uh, part of what really kicked in the John Ronson. He had already responded to our episode about Frank. Mm-hmm. And then, and but so he responded to the episode of Frank after we had already made the decision to do Oksha. And then it just seemed obvious that we were going to have him. Yeah. And if you haven't already seen the film Oksha, I highly recommend it. I mean, all of these, I think we we pretty, yeah. we, we recommend wholeheartedly. Rec- so. Sure. Um, and that was kind of oh then and then and interrupt me if you if there are things you want to say about sure. this, but I don't feel like we need to de- if if we don't need to delve deeply into every one of them. Uh, I'm very proud of our episode 53 on Don's Plum with a yeah. A really long interview with Dale Wheatley, the uh, one of the writers and producers of the film, a person who has probably taken more heat over that film than than anyone else, and that is a film that people have a lot, like people who are aware of it, have a lot of strong, in some cases, very negative feelings about not unreasonably but i think it's an it's one of the more important films of the 1990s yeah fascinating yeah yeah go on no it's just a fascinating artifact i feel that movie is like should be in a museum (laughs) like you don't have to like it you don't have to like agree with its history of its existence but it's an interesting existence like there's something about that that i just look at at all sides i'm like wow that was uh huh no, I'm glad that you pointed me in the direction of that movie. Watching that was definitely a highlight, I think, this season, too. That's a movie I would have never gone out of my way to think to have watched. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it towards the end when we talk about our about what you're doing with the, with the director's wall. But when, I'm watch, when I've been watching the series The Offer about the making of The Godfather, I just keep thinking... 
I want one of these about Don's Plum. <laughs> yeah. Eight can you can you can do eight hours on ten hours on Don's oh, Plum. Yeah. The before and the after and all that. Yeah. 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 I want that movie. <laughs> I want that. I think that movie will yeah, that miniseries to go with this film. Yeah, I, I want to see that. Uh, then we, I think, uh, we have a two more in our in our horror films that aren't horror films. One of the films that you brought that I I loved, and as soon as I see the title, I hear the music, and that is such a it's the music for it is so great. It's the film Ravenous from nineteen ninety nine. Do you want to say anything about? that episode or just yeah i was glad to have shared that with you i'm glad that like i think you had seen it before but it'd been a while yeah. is that true yeah i think yeah. that was fun to revisit that and i think that's a movie that hopefully got on some people's radars again because i think that's a sadly overlooked uh especially around halloween time a good horror movie good fun horror t- time yeah and it gave me an opportunity to explore the work of Antonia Bird who mm-hmm. directed that film and I definitely feel like we want to do I want to do more of uh at least one of one more of her films in a future episode because she is she's no longer with us her filmography is limited but really strong and we closed out the month of horror films that aren't horror films with the comedy the Believer from 2001 <laughs> and our interview with the writer, director, Henry Bean and the producer, Christopher, Christopher Roberts, who informed us it was a comedy because we weren't uh, we didn't. I think most people who watched the film, The Believer, where Ryan Gosling plays a Nazi skinhead who uh, based based upon the true story of a Nazi skinhead who blew himself up in a synagogue. Most people don't think of this film as a comedy, but the world is wrong. <laughs> and so uh, it, it's, it was great to learn how it is a comedy. And, uh, and yeah. Do you, have, you, have you found yourself able to laugh at the believer yet? No. <laughs> oh. no, no. I, think, I think the closest was when... You were when you were post because we watched it and we picked it as a horror. You had picked it as a horror film. Is that a horror film? And yeah. then I think we did our episode, and then you did the interview, and then you were like, "Well, the director says it's a comedy." <laughs> You're like, <laughs> "Okay," uh, and definitely the people that I've heard from who've listened to that episode also don't see it as a comedy. You know, they, I think you have to really, but I think like when you were able to distill. To that one scene of them talking about the food and stuff, and the like, the board's like, "Oh, this is like Larry David here." I can mm-hmm. kind of see. I was able to like squint enough to see it as a comedy there, but I'm still not totally sold. But I don't have to be sold on it. It's the, if the director says that's what it is, then that's what it is. So <laughs> it's very, very odd. I just definitely want. I think that was one of the biggest surprises of season two for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we, uh, I think you took a little break because we had an episode with your buddy, Zach Carlson about the film state of grace. Mm -hmm. Such a great film. I was so excited to go back and explore it. There were so many things. I loved it when it came out, but there were so many things that jumped out of it in, uh, 
in the present day, particularly the performance of Robin Wright and nicely the our coverage of it inspired the director, yeah, Phil Juwanu, to write to us and or to say to comment several times on Instagram at first. I think uh, he thought we were going to be making fun of it. So he's like, I did the best I could. <laughs> and then later on, as he saw that we really loved it, I think he yeah. was encouraged <laughs> by the fact that uh, we dig his film. I think so, if, if you haven't heard our show before, when you see like the title, The World is Wrong in your movie, you you worry that it's like we're that kind of show where we're like, the world is wrong that this movie got made. This Let's make fun of it. But, you know. Quit pretty soon. You can see that that is not ever our intention, ever. That's why we say yep. it's an extremely positive <laughs> podcast where we celebrate films and film artists the world is wrong about. So we, then we get into November and uh, our Dune nineteen eighty four episode, which I, so I'll tell you, it's really weird. I have had more people comment to me on that episode than most of our episodes this season. Interesting. Surprises me because I don't think of it as being that obscure or like, like, but I, that's your, you know, you have the, you have the popular touch, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Now it was good to do that because I felt like I had to, that was again, so much of this podcast is us working through our feelings. <laughs> and that was when the new Dune had come out and everyone was shitting on the old Dune and I was constantly defending it. And that's usually when a alarm goes off in my head that that means we have to cover it on the show. So it was good to just kind of get it out, my love of that movie and my defense of it. Uh, now, during that episode, you made it, you said that you hadn't seen the new Dune yet. Have yeah. you seen the new Dune yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> I might not ever see it. It got nominated for Oscars and won Oscars. It's doing fine. It doesn't need me. Maybe when the second one comes out, then I can watch the whole, all together, the whole thing. Okay. I don't. I don't care enough. I, you know, actually, I'll probably never see it. <laughs> Just defend your ignorance. <laughs> I mean, how do you know? Like, if you're going to be negative about something, you should at least see it. Hey, I'll stop being negative about it and just be positive <laughs> about the old one. If I, I would rather <laughs> stop being negative about it than see that piece of shit. <laughs> you're basically I'd rather never talk about it again than have to this just watch be, it for two hours. This can be the end. This is the final word I have on it. Okay, remember that, folks. If you ever hear Brian talking trash about the new Dune movies... <laughs> remind him that he he promised not to okay uh so then we moved on to assassination week with mm. winter kills from 1979 yeah. william rickert's adaptation of richard condon's uh, assassination novel with a massive cast interestingly that was a film that henry bean in our believer episode talked about as being the one of those films, a film that's a that's a horror that's portrayed as as like a serious film, but is actually a stealth comedy. Yeah, like his film, The Believer. So, <laughs> and I enjoyed that episode. I hope people check it out. I don't know how much we have to add to it. Yeah. Okay. Then we had uh, the return of Paul Williams, the other. Paul Williams, the director of The November Men, to talk about 
one of his favorite films, Don Juan DeMarco, with Johnny Depp and Marlon Brando. And I really, I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, it's uh, it good. Was, it was a great chance to go back and check out this film that I kind of remembered as being pretty slight, but is actually, that's part of what's nice about it. Like it gets deep where it is deep and it's funny, but it's also just a, you know, a, uh, a movie that's trying to do just what it's doing and not trying to do much more than that. And yeah. the performances are fantastic. And Paul Williams' take on it as, like, the reason we did it was because I was asking him, what are some of your favorite films? And this was one of the first three that he mentioned. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah, which is perfect. That's perfect, yeah. But it's a film, like, he's a, a, a director who's far more interested in in love than violence, you know? true 60s kid um although he did make a, an assassination movie called the november man so he's not <laughs> he's not uh, totally opposed to violence in in the service of his political agenda let's move on from there <laughs> to i think no offense brian my least favorite episode jurassic park 3 although we did Aww. have bethany watson there yeah. to she so was I like great the, she was great the two of you I just didn't, I don't have much, I didn't have much to contribute to Jurassic Park 3. So tell us why that was so great and why people should check out that episode. Uh, Besides the fact that Bethany Watson is incredibly charismatic and funny and a wonderful person. She picked it. And you should check out her podcast, The Acquired Taste Podcast. I think that that's a movie that people forget about and it's good. And everyone likes all those Jurassic Park movies. And for some reason, the third one is uh, skipped over. Uh, you know, and now that the st- the guy in there, one of the guys in there was the star of the Many Saints of Newark. You can see him, you know, in his earlier, in an earlier role. So, you know, I don't know. I like that. <laughs> it's written by Alexander Payne, which is weird. I don't know. I thought that was good. And I think is that the first time we've both interviewed a guest at the same time? Right? That's true. So that marks that. So that, I guess, is cool for that that it was like the first time that we all three were uh, you and i and a uh and a guest yeah that was our spielbergian december oh that's uh, right and that led us to the terminal yeah. with our friend aj gonzalez and that was an episode i really enjoyed doing that was we fun. have a yeah shared love of stanley tucci <laughs> yeah and a shared like reticence i may be about tom hanks but that this film like managed to get over whatever the hurdles we have with with mr hanks do you have hurdles to hanks no i I think he's great i mean i think he makes a lot of things i don't care about that's the hurdle you know but it's like but that's like i could probably say that about anybody (laughs) trying to think of like is there an actor that only makes things that i love i don't think that exists i think like even my most favorite people are going to make movies. There's just there's something about the movies that Tom Hanks makes. I don't care about that. I really don't care about where I just, <laughs> where I'm just like, I don't need to watch another war movie. I don't care. Or I'll be like, ah, yeah, it looks fine. I don't know. Like, eh, it just, it is a lot of, like, it looks so two, two and a half star to me. Like that. I'll probably watch it if it was on TV and I was at someone's house and, it was, and I couldn't leave, you know, <laughs> Like if I was like, oh, I'm at my grandparents' house 
and they're watching this whatever two and a half star Tom Hanks movie. But but then the movies he makes that I like, I really like a lot. You know, like I just like really am into like the castaways and Philadelphia and, you know, like, you know, volunteers the castaways? or whatever. Is that, was that what, like, was that the sequel to castaway where <laughs> castaway. the whole family, like all it's all the people who got castaway, yeah. they started a musical a review going the castaways. But I mean, those types of movies, like the real crowd pleasers. I'm also always part of that crowd. Like the movies that he makes that really hits to whatever of the zeitgeist. I'm always like into that. I get, I really? definitely get swept Forrest up into Gump? those. I loved for when it came out. I loved Forrest Gump, but you have to remember it came out when I was twelve. Like I yeah. owned that movie. Like me and my brothers watched that movie constantly. We thought it was hilarious. I read the book. Like I was a big Zemeckis fan. Like I was totally won over by. I haven't seen it since then. Like I haven't watched it since I was like fourteen. Like the moment I entered high school, I was too cool for that movie. But at the time, I really liked it. But I also didn't have the same complaints that other people have had of it because I was too young and I didn't grow up in the sixties and I was ignorant back then. I just thought it was just a funny Zelig ripoff. <laughs> Which okay. My, well, yeah, I think, I mean, we don't, we're not here to, we're not here to trash or celebrate Tom Hanks particularly, but the terminal. Great. It is. A, I think we're really? both in agreement that that is one of the a best. great Tom Hanks performance. I, I do think it's one of his best. I would definitely choose it over, much more popular fare. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and then, actually, I think I was wrong about Jurassic Park 3 being my <laughs> least favorite episode because Ready Player One. Oh, man. <laughs> I cannot get anyone excited about that movie. I tried. I failed. You know, whatever. It's fine. It I have actually, uh, there's a, I, the same guy who reached out about Dune really loved the Ready Player One episode. So, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a, it is not a disliked episode, but for me, I think when I realized that they had taken the character's name from that civil rights activist, there was something, I don't know. But it wasn't just that. If I had loved the movie, I might have had more. I wouldn't have. But you didn't. You didn't. You, I didn't. You didn't. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what? That's what we're here for. And, that, and, and I'm glad you chose it because, I mean, we really did, for a Spielberg celebration... We picked the some of the most difficult <laughs> film, Jurassic Park three, which isn't even Spielberg. They had nothing to do with it. It's not even yeah. Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> the Terminal, which we love, and then Ready Player One, which you love and I didn't. Um, <laughs> and where there was no guest there to protect you, <laughs> I know. So it just had to be you being like, "Oh, I guess you don't like it." Uh, <laughs> so uh but the but the director is from your area so maybe it's just like an austin thing you mean if the you writer from the writer sorry the writer yeah it's yeah sorry the steel steven spielberg isn't from austin no <laughs> um okay well that was our our dip into the world of spielberg i'd like to do another one with like there are like Sometime I'd like to do another dip into the Spielberg world and we could yeah. do... There's so many. Like, I know you're a fan of 1941. Oh, yeah. Always. I'm a big fan of Always. Yeah. There's probably another one in there that... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I haven't gone back to that one. I watched but... it again this week. It's great. Everyone's wrong. Karen the... Allen's in it, right? Yeah. The movie oh, is... I don't care. Anything that she's in, I'll watch any... Karen Allen's 
one of my favorite actresses of all time. Yeah. It's underrated and overhated, and it's all unjust. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then we get to, we, we we wrapped up the year with our episode on the Ben Stiller show. I don't know what what there is more to say about it except it's an ep- like that's, that's an epic. amazing show and epic and, episode. Yeah. So if you're not aware of the Ben Stiller show, check it out. Did you see Severance, his new series? No, it didn't look as funny. It looks it's I I'm I waited till it was finished and I'm waiting to I'm, to dive in. I think it's it's definitely a really interesting and thoughtful and strange thing and i didn't want to take it in bites i wanted to just immerse myself in it so i'm looking forward to that oh and i just noticed that on our episode i misspelled janine garofalo's name and her name is written as janine groffalo (laughs) (laughs) groffalo to myself i gotta fix that by the time you're hearing that that will no longer be apologies (laughs) janine then we kicked off the year 2022 with our long conversation, my long conversation with John Ronson. That's a great episode. It is a great episode. And in it, we were talking, we, we sort of previewed his new podcast, Things Fell Apart. He wasn't able to say what it was. And he actually brought it up because I asked him a question about conspiracy theories about the idea the concept of conspiracy theories because i always find it to be a cognitively dissonant term because before there can be a a a fact of something and there's always a a theory about like like when you hear there was a bank robbery and the suspect is missing he was a man in a hat and we saw him go run you know uptown there's a good you know there's a there's a theory that that you know we don't know if that guy's guilty but the theory is that this guy conspired to rob a bank and now we're going to go look for it and seek it out and if we find out that he robbed the bank then it's a conspiracy fact and if it was a if he didn't rob the bank then that and then our conspiracy theory was you know we investigated and it's not a theory and now it's it's debunked but <laughs> it's not usually used that way and so i i knew he so i tried to bring that up with him and he's like oh you should watch you should listen to my app my my podcast it's coming out things fell apart, which I did. And it's great. It's a great episode, a great series. I really recommend it. And hate to do this, John, but I got a, I got a, I got a bone to pick <laughs> on the same, on this very, vi- this very issue. So do you mind if I digress here for a second? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so in, I think, the second to last or third to last episode of this fantastic series. Like, he did one episode all about the origin of the the pro-life movement in the United States. And it's a really amazing story because it doesn't come from a place you'd think. It comes from this uh, English theologian whose son wanted to be a director, so they started making movies about, he was making movies about his father, and his, it was a little thing that his father talked about was abortions, but then that became the thing that he focused more of his films on, and they became kind of celebrities in the religious world uh, of the 70s in America, but in general, the the religious people in America rejected the whole uh, anti-abortion argument because it wasn't really their thing. But 
through repetition and just he goes into it in a, in a great way. You sort of see how this thing morphed and became what it was in a very short time. And he does this with a number of uh, sort of culture war issues. And it's brilliant. And uh, and the whole time I was listening to it, I was thinking, ah, I got it. I want to turn people onto this. People should really listen to this. And then he did an episode about Isaac Cappy. Are you familiar with Isaac Cappy? No. He's an actor who was in the Thor films and uh, in Terminator Salvation. And then he got really, he basically went full QAnon. Mm. Uh, I first became aware of him watching him make videos about all like child sex scandals and claiming uh, that Seth Green was a part of that. And Seth's a friend of mine. And I yes. talked with him and he's like, that's just nonsense. That doesn't, you know, he's not like, yeah, that's not me. And this, so people may be aware of him from that. And, but the point that really struck me because I had been talking to John about conspiracy theories, his example of the conspiracy theory that sort of drove Isaac Cappy into the realm of QAnon was the conspiracy theory that the 2016 Democratic primaries were rigged against Bernie Sanders. And anyone who was paying attention knows that that's the 2016 primaries were definitely rigged against Bernie Sanders just based upon the idea of superdelegates, that you had these superdelegates who had more votes than, like, whose votes counted more than actual voters. And I was just really, really disappointed that John Ronson used that as an example of a, like, a conspiracy theory when it was, like, a blatant reality and whether you want to use the word rigged like he chose like rigged or influenced or unduly influenced or whatever it's clear that that wasn't a fair process to the people to many many millions of people who saw that play out and to use that as an example of a bogus conspiracy conspiracy theory that is equivalent to QAnon was very disappointing John I'm sorry I love your work but we're, you know, you're, you'd be honest about us. We're honest about you. <laughs> I know that you're, I know you're doing your absolute best. And, you know, I had to make a comment on it because we did promote that. And it was a, it was germane to the conversation. So the question of how we use the term conspiracy theory remains an open question. Okay. Sorry about that. Brian. You know what I have to do. Uh, I, we're almost through with, with the things you have to struggle through because that we followed that episode up with our wrongness episode oh, about geez. Woody yeah. Allen, Sinead O'Connor, and Charlie Chaplin. I, I think it's one of my one of the episodes I'm in some ways the most proud of and also the most frustrated with because I feel like even though we spent so much time and really gave it great attention, that there was still more I'd like to say or I'd like to be able to have said it better. But uh, that was an episode that was long in coming. You were very uh, uh, generous in engaging <laughs> in topics that you are not entirely comfortable with. But it, I think it turned out okay. I think so too. I think it was definitely like the lead up to it made me more upset than the actual doing it. Because in my head, I was just like, oh, I don't want to talk. As I, you know, as we talked about in that episode. I hate talking about things that aren't about specific movies. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I don't like sharing 
my opinions or feelings on anything outside of is this movie good or bad or interesting or whatever. So you kind of forced me. But, you know, it's, you know, I made you watch Ready Player One, so it's only fair <laughs> you make me talk about three intense Hollywood uh, scandals and the people involved. Uh, but, yeah, that actually ended up being a more... Because I was worried, too, that it would just be kind of you very passionately kind of plating your case in, and I would just kind of be uncomfortable in the corner. But I think it actually ended up being a very thoughtful conversation. Uh, yeah. And mostly I think what I got out of that or what people should get out of it is whether you agree with you or me or not about it, just the idea of listening to people and talking with them as opposed to fighting about it uh, is a better way to talk about any subject matter. Yeah. And just being <laughs> being thoughtful about media narratives and not, and not jumping on the bandwagon of hate just because... Joe Pesci says he wants to punch Sinead O'Connor in the face <laughs> on SNL. You know, uh, what he, did he say? I'd give her such a smack. <laughs> so, open hand. Okay, Joe, it's okay. Just an not open okay. slap. <laughs> right. It's not. Uh, Pesci, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Just you're all you're doing is feeding into that story that Paul Williams is trying to say about Italian American artists. Pesci, what are you doing? You're letting me down. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as a palate cleanser after that, we moved on to the hot spot. Yeah. Which yes. we love. That's a movie. good episode. I'm glad we did that one. That was fun. Yeah. Did, and like that was great. And I don't agree with your opinion on all of the Dennis Hopper movies that you have, but it was fun to kind of kind of slowly kind of quickly go through his little filmography and focus on that, which is probably maybe his best film. So some that. of them you agreed with. I think you agreed <laughs> with me on Chasers. <laughs> but I really, yeah. But I think Colors you is still like that I think movie. Colors I really like. I think Easy Rider. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I think Easy Rider, I think afterwards I wish I defended him more. I feel he is one of the big visionaries behind Easy Rider. I feel you kind of grouped him with other people, which maybe is also true, but I don't know. I feel like he, I think he's a great filmmaker. I'm was very happy to talk about the hotspot which a lot of people still haven't heard about i brought it up the other day and people are like oh what's that so like i feel like that's a movie that and i've been re-watching miami vice since then or not re-watching watching for the first time miami vice and so i'm definitely getting more and more into don johnson i think he is really really good um and that movie is just yeah hotspot is it's what you want out of kind of a new noir so good. And that was a fun, that was just fun to do. That was, a, I think that was a good episode. That's a good one. And just to be clear, I also think that Dennis Hopper is a great director who also has made, who has, has happened to have made some terrible films, but <laughs> yeah, but there, that's a different, that's a certain kind of greatness. Sometimes yeah. when he's, when he nails it, he nails it. And when he doesn't, he it's, it's really chasers. doesn't. <laughs> and, and then there are ones in the middle that we can, you know, we yeah. can, disagree or debate upon but uh yeah i had some critical things to say and then we moved on to another one of your sort of i'm on an island by myself picks <laughs> even cowgirls get the blues gus van zandt's adaptation of the tom robbins novel i made my thoughts clear i don't need to say any more about it but we should say we did let's talk about the 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 response that we got on yeah. instagram that 
a woman. What was her role on the film? I don't quite remember, but it was basically like, because one of the things we talk about in the podcast is whether or not the scene of her hypnotizing the chickens is cinematic or not. The and, scene of, uh, what's her name? Phoenix. Yes. Um, why am I forgetting her name? <laughs> Which Phoenix is it? Is that um, Summer? Uh, it is Rain Phoenix. Sorry, Rain. So that was Rain Phoenix uh, hypnotizing the chicken. Go yeah. On. And so we months later, I feel like this was only fairly recently that a lady reached out just being like, oh, yeah, I worked on that scene. Like she was like, I'm totally going to get it wrong. I think she said she was like worked on the art department or something and like helped set all the chickens up. And uh, it's. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> so, that was on was that on Twitter? Because that wasn't on Instagram, right? Yeah, I'm actually trying to look and see where she wrote it, because maybe we can get her name. But yes, she was there. She was on the set when the chicken was hypnotized. It The chickens were actually hypnotized. <laughs> and I don't know if she weighed in on whether or not it was cinematic, which was <laughs> one of the conversations we had. But uh, it was... Uh, it was a nice... It's always it nice, nice when film professionals reach out to us to... Yeah. To share it, and I and I, I I like that she responded positively and didn't, you know, <laughs> see it as a very negative conversation, which yeah. it felt like from my standpoint. But it's nice <laughs> that the positivity <laughs> rang true. Yeah. And then we moved into the month of February, and we started off with uh, Professor Skinner Myers talking about black cinema. Well, I forgot to mention I, this this last just a month ago, I went and acted in his new film. Uh, before you disappear Ooh, into nothingness. That's exciting. And uh, and that was fun. But that episode was fantastic. Got turned on to a lot of black cinema that I was unaware of before. And it's really, I always like hearing Skinner talk about film and particularly the distinction. I like the distinction he made between black cinema and black Hollywood. It's really helped me to sort of, I don't know, navigate the it's a it's a useful distinction in navigating the film landscape and the way he talks about it is uh well as a professor it's enlightening it's educational and i i recommend it to anyone who is interested in those topics and if you're not interested in those topics then i ex especially recommend that you check out that conversation yeah it's a great Has, episode his film, The Sleeping Negro, has that come to Austin yet? It did. It played here uh, for a whole week a few months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. How, do, you, do you get a sense of like what the response was? No. <laughs> I think it was sadly during a week when I was at the Prison City Film Festival. So I was, I was locked up in prison and I missed it. And I didn't, so I don't know what, but I know it played, you know, for a whole week. So Cool. I hope people checked it out. If you saw it and you want to let us know how it went, please write to us at contact at the world is wrong podcast.com. Skinner was the guy who turned me on to Marawi Garima. Yeah. Who directed residue, a film that might be one of the best as we're going through this. There are certain episodes that really jump out to me as being ones I would recommend. And I have recommended that episode to several people okay. and that film. 
Great movie. Um, really great movie. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Listen to that, our episode about it. Watch the film. Check out Marawi Garima, and you will be opened up to a, a new world of cinema. And then we did our episode about Cosmic Slop, your suggestion. <laughs> I loved that episode. I have thought about that episode a lot Yeah, since we did it. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I was really glad to revisit that and hopefully turn some people on to uh, an un- a sadly, a sadly forgotten HBO show. And we also talked about the trial of MLK. I'm sorry, the trial of uh, James Earl Ray, uh, the HBO production of it, and how, like Cosmic Slop, it is available nowhere in HBO's vast universe of productions. And, uh, and that raises some questions that if you think about it will make you uh brings us back refer back to the question of conspiracy theories when uh <laughs> when thinking about that and we closed out the month of february with a very very long conversation with director wendell b harris jr about his film chameleon street uh, <laughs> that is, a I think great, that's an important historical document. That is a great interview. That is a that I think is maybe the best. Like I know we were excited about John Ronson, and that is a great episode. But I feel this one, this is maybe your crowning achievement as episodes Uh-oh. go that I'm not a part of. <laughs> yeah, well, you were a part of it. <laughs> well, I'm not. I didn't interview him. You know, uh, but no, I really that like, it's a long conversation, but it's never boring like that. I think I sat and did the whole thing in one sitting. I was just so into hearing that guy and his voice is just amazing. Like yeah. just his, the tone of his voice, the sound of it is like, I can hear him say anything, but it's cool that he's also saying very great, fascinating things and taking you through his whole career and beyond. Uh, so yeah, still waiting to see his new thing whenever it's done. Um, yeah, it'll, it, that, that's a good one. And I recently received an email from Wendell Harris Jr. in which I won't say, uh, like we're talking about collaborating on something in the future. So that was what he's referring to in this. And he, But this sentence is something he says, and I think it will uh, surprise you. Maybe it won't. Says, Although our podcast has triggered more blowback than any other interview I've ever given, our upcoming collaboration is destined to be great. <laughs> More blowback blow than any other interview Wendell Harris Jr. has ever given. I have to say, I told him if you wanted, I could cut things out, but I'm kind of proud. <laughs> I wonder who, well, like, he didn't say anything. Mel Brooks, do you think Mel Brooks went after him? <laughs> like, what? I don't feel he I said anything disparaging about anybody. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, you know, huh. I, I don't, you know, who knows? Who knows? But, uh, but you know, if you're, yeah. if you're getting blowback, then you're probably, uh, what does they say? The, you get the most flack over the target. So, uh, yeah, so he's, he must've been on to something and, uh, <laughs> and I, I hope you check it out. Two came out on two twenty two twenty two, lots of twos. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Then we followed that up with, I think you're probably your favorite episode we've done. Good luck, Miss Wyckoff. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you hated that. I, you that hated is my that. least favorite episode. That, I mean, the episode itself is probably good. 
It is great I, because we start, you, you watched it the night before and you got on the phone. You're like, I don't want to do this. I was like, well, let's record this conversation. I feel like, yeah, maybe, yeah. I feel like maybe I had just gotten over having to talk about Woody Allen's personal life and I felt like I'm in a safe place again. I'm calm. And then you threw that movie at me. I think I wasn't expecting to be so upset by a movie. I haven't been that upset by a movie I was the other day I was thinking Since about make. how upset that movie. <laughs> well make upset me in a different way of a I disagree with the move this movie, but this it's like if there's a yeah, the movie really upset me. That was like I really almost like quit, I think, on that one. <laughs> I think that morning I was like building up to be like, I don't want to do this episode. I can never host a podcast again. I don't ever want to see a movie again. I'm done. I can't think goodbye. Please don't make me talk about this. Cause I, I was just so worried about saying the wrong thing. Cause that movie just has is such a minefield, you know, then I'm like, what if I say the wrong, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to fuck this. Like, even though the movie's saying all sorts of wrong things or whatever, just like even ta- trying to navigate through that movie was one of maybe the most difficult conversation I've ever had about a movie. Like that was a hard, that's a hard movie to ingest and to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I will never watch that movie again. Uh, but it was a memorable well, experience. <laughs> well, you're not alone. I, uh, I don't know if we we got into this in the in that podcast or probably just after the fact. I posted about it on Instagram, but the film was written by Polly Platt, and I reached out to Karina Longworth of the You Must Remember This podcast, who's been very gracious about answering questions uh, that I ask about different things on her podcast or areas where her podcast is aligned with this. And she had just done an ep- a whole season on Polly Platt. And she had nothing to she she did not want to talk about that film at all. <laughs> Good luck, Miss Wyckoff. It seems like a, it personally, that's the kind of thing. And maybe this is where we're different. Like if there's a filmmaker and you talk about all of their films, but there's one film that you refuse to talk about, then I'm I have to be interested <laughs> in that film. Yeah. Like I just. <laughs> is there other instances where you can think of that happening? Or have you witnessed it in other podcasts where it's like there's somebody and then they're just, they just gloss over or skip over a part of their filmography because of either uncomfortable subject matter or they just hate it so much. One that I noticed was in Back to Spielberg. I watched that really long HBO documentary on Spielberg and they go through every movie. It literally is like the order of it. Did you watch it? It's actually yeah. it's actually pretty good. They go through every movie but then they totally skip over Hook as if it never existed. They really just like go from I'm trying to remember what was sandwiched between those two movies. I think they go from like always to Jurassic Park or always to Schindler's List and Hook is just like not no one has anything to say about that movie. I really like that movie. I think that movie's it's one of I only own like three Spielberg movies and it's one of the three. Like to skip over that is like, come on, you're already investing the time to literally talk about everything and you just can't have anything to say about Hook. Come on. It's just funny when people do that, like especially when you're like, I'm going through everything except for that one thing. It's like, but then you're but then all you're doing is making an even stronger statement on that thing you're leaving because you're leaving it out. Like you're putting a bigger spotlight on it because of its omission, you know? 
<laughs> well, do you remember what Wendell B. Harris had to say about the film Hook? No, no, I don't remember him talking about that at all. Oh, yeah. Well, that Michael Jackson was supposed to play <laughs> Peter Pan in it. And this is at a time when he was the biggest star in the world. And it totally made sense. And they, you know, his, his, this is where Wendell's um, sort of jaundiced take on the Hollywood system as a plantation. It's one of the examples he uses. It's like, no matter how, like you could be the biggest star in the world, Michael Jackson, and the biggest director in the world, Steven Spielberg. And if the powers that be put the kibosh on it, you can't make the movie you want to make with yeah. the person you want to make. Yeah. No offense to Robin Williams, but I think, he, I mean, Wendell was friends with Robin Williams, and he said that Robin thought that Michael Jackson should have played <laughs> Peter Pan. Well, they so. definitely would have had something to say about it if that happened. <laughs> but yeah. where it is now, they just skipped right over it. I think that's one of the best Dustin Hoffman performances. But we're not here to talk about Hook. <laughs> okay. how, how did we even get to Hook? I don't remember. Talking uh, about uh, <laughs> films that are left out oh, of yeah, this is my people's... way. My step Hook was my safety net from Wyckoff, I guess. What's yeah, the Scorsese? No. What's the film that gets like? Um, is it Boxcar Bertha? And who's that no, knocking at I, my door? I found recently people like to not talk about Shutter Island, which is weird. People Foolish. just. That movie's great, and that we should definitely do an episode on that films, one. That movie's yeah. very hated, and I think people just don't want to deal with it. I think that's definitely. I mean, he has a few. He's so prolific that like, I think there's a few. I think also Color of Money is not really talked about in the way it should, even though that movie's amazing. Like he's got a few things that just kind of like people just kind of skip over, uh, stupidly. But yeah. not, but nothing like Wyckoff. Like they do a very. It's just funny to do like you're doing an in-depth podcast going through everything because I'm assuming she talked about Pretty Baby. Oh, yeah. Extensively. Like, that movie's also upsetting, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like well, it, and I should like, say it's her reasoning is that the the series was based upon Polly Platt's unpublished mem- memoir. God, okay. And Polly Platt didn't talk about yeah. the about good luck miss wife wake off except i guess to say that she wasn't happy well, with how it came out with it. Mm. so she mm-hmm. should have directed it i wish she had directed it anyway let's move on <laughs> we spent way more time on the film that you wanted to talk about at least in at the time and now we're doing it again yeah so then we did a film of your choosing in the cut yeah. from this year's oscar darling jane campion who won for power of the dog won her academy award Right? Yeah. No, yeah, that was fun. I, that was a great conversation. I, I like something I happened episode. at the Oscars that just kind of distracted from everything. I can't remember what it was. Um, was it was it Amy Schumer interrupting Kirsten Dunst? I don't know. Anyway, uh, that talk about anything to say about that particular episode? No, I'm just proud of that. That was a mo- it's another movie that I feel I've always defended and people have always kind of been repulsed by or never even gave it a chance. So I'm glad to have I think it helped that you liked it too and we I think we had a very good conversation. Yep. I think that's a great episode. And then we had your friend and one of the stars of Make Popular Movies, Jasmine Moreno of the Austin Film Society, join us to talk about a film that she chose, Foxfire from 1996, which was a, sort of a breakout performance for Angelina Jolie and the return to the podcast of 
Jenny Lewis, who also was one of the stars of Don's Plum. And that featured a, a, a slightly embarrassing moment for me when during the podcast, I realized that I had actually worked with the director, Annette Haywood Carter, on Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Master, part, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, part four, The Dream Master, uh, and just uh, didn't ever connect the dots. Uh, she worked as a <laughs> script supervisor on The Dream Master and was the director of Foxfire Confessions, uh, Foxfire, and that which is based upon the novel Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Gang. And um, yeah, any uh, any other highlights that you remember from that episode, other than the fact that Jasmine Moreno is awesome? No, I'm just yeah, I'm just happy that she finally got on the show. I have, she's one of those people that I will have great conversations with movies about, like in life. So it was nice that you got to finally do that in your life. Yeah. And I hope we will have her back in season three. We will certainly be asking her back if she accepts. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> and then we got into the Noscars, the yearly, our yearly celebration of the films that were not nominated yeah. for any Oscars. And we had some really, I feel like we got into some great films. Any particular highlights i think it's cool that we both agreed on the same best picture i feel this will be the only time that's ever happened annette we both picked annette as our favorite oscar film of the of the year uh have you so this year have you seen anything yet that you like you don't have to say what it is but have you seen anything that you'd put on as an oscar yet for 2022 Oh, I feel like... I mean, not that we know what the Oscars are going to do, but like... Right. As you've seen anything, you're like, that's really good. Because I have yet to see anything I've liked at all this year. We're only five months in. I got nothing. Except for some, uh, TV, some TV, but no movies. I haven't seen any movies that have really struck a chord with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm in the same boat. I, there's not see, like... Wait, uh, I feel like there was one... I mean, I haven't seen the... The cage or the everything always everywhere at once yet. I don't know about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen anything. You know, <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything yet. But who knows? You know, in, in retrospect, maybe though something will, will yeah. jump up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I was particularly happy to be able to focus on David Nell. Mm-hmm. who played Chef Finway in Pig. Yeah. And uh, he responded very nicely. And I still talk, like of all the performances from last year, I probably talk about that performance to more people than anyone because it's just one scene. And I feel like as an actor, to be able to come into a film like that and just drop that performance in one scene uh, as a support supporting actor is really amazing. And uh, yeah, listen to that episode. Listen to all definitely the Noscar episodes are a great resource. And that resource uh, actually proved its value because we followed that up, that episode up with talking about two films that we both wanted to focus on from that year. Mm-hmm. And one of them, your choice, has recently, since that episode, gained distribution in the United States. Hey! People can now see it. Dinner in America. So glad you turned me on to this film. It's so good. It, who's distributing it? Who's putting it out? Um, I should know that, shouldn't I? I just keep... I We're Twitter friends with Kyle Gallner. 
and he's been posting about it. So give me and, a second here. And that's one that was great because we heard from the director and the actress and uh, Leah Thompson liked to post. So like we had a nice little response from the people that made it too. We got on their radar, which is good. So I'm sure it always feels good to make a movie and to know that people really like your movie. And that, gosh, that movie's so good. Um, very happy to have done an episode about Dinner in America. From director Adam Raymeyer and distrib- distributed by Best and Final Releasing. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Look on, check, check it out. It it is it is being avail- It is being made available in the United States, and I just can't imagine anyone not liking this film. It is uh, it is a it is punchy and slightly dangerous but it really is such a yeah it's such a beautiful and good feeling movie Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah thank you for turning me on to it that's that's the main thing i want to say and also entering into the public consciousness the film wild indian that was one of my choices uh, for one of my nominees for the oscars from director Lyle Mitchell Corbine Jr. And we focused a lot on the performance of Chasky Spencer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but Michael Grayes, who is the, I think the titular wild Indian, the, the, he's the, the lead performance in the film. He is now in the new Firestarter. Oh, cool. Where in nice. the original in the the original film of Firestarter based upon Steven Spielberg's novel Stephen George King. C. Scott. Oh sorry, did I say Steven Spielberg? <laughs> it's still the Stephen King mind. novel. Sorry. The Stephen King novel, Firestarter, it's uh that character was played by George C. Scott, who is I want to you may be surprised. He's not actually a Native American or indigenous. And now that has been corrected. And Michael Grayes is playing that character in the new Firestarter. So congratulations to him. He is on he is on the upswing. Now we need to see some more from Chasky Spencer, too. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that was very happy to do that episode. And then we really then we got deep. We two weeks of exploration of a film I think probably the most obscure film in that we've covered on this podcast up against Amanda from 2000 a 2B special (laughs) and we talked about it a lot it's pretty recent so you probably remember that but anything you want to say about that just that that that's so that movie I'm so happy that movie's in my life now I think about it all the time (laughs) (laughs) And it's our first movie we've devoted two episodes to. We did our take on it. And then we did another episode where you were able to interview the director and the main actress. And that was all because they reached out after the episode came out. It's like that great thing that keeps happening that happened a lot in season two where we did an episode and then we heard from the people that worked on it. And then we do a thing with them. And we expand the story even more and, and the knowledge in the film even more. Because that's definitely a movie that has a lot of questions when you're done watching it. And I yeah. feel we answered a lot of those questions by talking to the, to the main people involved. Uh, that, And I think the, ter- the response to that has been fantastic. I think that's definitely the biggest and best 
Instagram response we ever had from any episode with a lot of likes, a lot of interaction, like what we hope to have for everything that we sadly don't get. I feel that movie, probably because no one had ever heard of that movie. So like we're showing these clips of this movie and even just little clips from that are like, what is this movie? So I think a lot of people hopefully saw it because of it and experienced the power that is up against Amanda. Well, you know what's really weird is on initial release that had the most downloads of any episode we've done. Like I, I, and I don't, I really don't understand that except to think that Justine Priestley must be, I mean, I know from talking to her that she's a wonderful person, but she must genuinely be that, that wonderful and popular that she, that she was very enthusiastic about it. And her friends just did uh, jumped on it. Yeah. Jumped on it and wanted to see it. And, uh, and I, I don't want to say just her f- friends, probably her fans as well. People who wanted to see more from her. And, uh, and we got one truly great screen role from Justine Priestley. And, uh, Surprisingly, we didn't hear anything from her brother Jason, but I, maybe that's because I was—I I said some things that she took me to task for that might have been, I don't know, seen as disparaging. But she she stuck up for him, and I, I support her in doing that. And uh, there's talk of a screening of Up Against Amanda wow. in Seattle in the coming year. Oh, wow. My friend Justin Freed, who was the guy who turned me on to that yeah. film and was our guest on the first episode— and he's going to be organizing that. And I hear that uh, Justine may actually show up there and that'd potentially be, Michael Reese as well. That'd be amazing. So good, good work. Not, I mean, good work, Justin. Good work, audience. And it was our honor to hold space for that film. And then the excitement continued. Our last two, our last two episodes of the season were a film that, Maybe at first you didn't want to talk about and a film that at first I didn't want to talk about, which I, I see now that I uh, misspelled also. I'm, I'm catching all my misspellings. So uh, I'll tell you what that is when we get to it. So first we, uh, we covered Deconstructing Harry from 1997, Woody Allen's, uh, I think one of Woody Allen's best films, maybe the last of a certain kind of film that he that he made and i think that episode came out pretty great i were I, you may have had did you have misgivings going into this or is this no i think by that one? point i was so run through the ringer that i just ga- i just gave in i was like fine like it's right because i think like you brought it up thinking i would and i was like let's do it so, whatever like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like and i just felt it just felt like we had to at least cover one of his movies together because it's oh, it's like Again, like the thing that you don't talk about, the thing you keep pushing, eventually becomes the thing that you have to do. So yeah. we did it. And I was glad to revisit that movie. I hadn't seen it since the theater. And it is a very, very good movie. So and it was fun. It was fun to go through it. And we got a we got a nice uh like on our posts from who? Mariel Hemingway liked the post with, with her in it, which which was really surprising and ex- exciting. I mean, yeah. I know it means it's like they just liked it. So they could have just been scrolling through like, oh, it's me. Like, but it does. It shows that they put any amount of thought into what we did. So, you know, that's nice. So Well, and <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just anything. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is it is with Woody 
and she's often sort of used as a hammer to beat up on Woody. Exactly. Yeah. And the 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 um. <laughs> The text that went with her video was pretty explicit. In De- Deconstructing Harry, Mariel Hemingway plays Beth Kramer, a, quote, know-nothing, busybody C-word, not spelled entirely, just because so we're, we're, we're trying to be safe, who overhears a conversation between, Woody, between Woody's Harry and his son. And Mariel Hemingway looked at that and said, yeah! <laughs> Or her Thank assistant, you. who now no longer has a job. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Why are you uh, doing that? No, it was totally her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we wrapped up season two with a film I you, that we had been planning to do since last Mother's Day. With special, mother, you wanted to do a Mother's Day episode about Nightmare, a Nightmare on Elm Street Five. Yeah, the Dream Child, starring my sister from Nightmare Four, Lisa Wilcox. And uh, and I was totally down to do that because I know it is a much maligned film. And um, but at the same time, I have my own associations with Nightmare because of being in it. And we got into some of those. It turns out that uh, we both Lisa and I both experienced some. uh, I don't know microaggressions that may have gone macro <laughs> in the in the course of our time with nightmare and uh, we got to teach lisa the word microaggression so that was <laughs> that was nice and uh what do you any thoughts on that one uh yeah this that was fun i was like thank you for for doing that for our final episode of the season or final movie of the season i should say uh yeah, and I feel like that's probably the only time we will ever do a movie from that franchise. So I think it was just it was fun to do that one, and uh, and I've now been challenged and shamed into attending a horror convention. So who knows? You got to go to a convention. What the, do you know if you don't go to a convention? Go to a con- now that the world is safer and everyone's doing these things again, maybe I will go to one by the end of the year. Austin certainly has many. Texas in general has a lot. So. Yeah, I, I accept so that challenge. I will go. <laughs> I spelt the title of the film wrong. It's a, I wrote it as a nightmare on M Street, and now that's in the link. So anyone who wants to look for that episode is going to have to go looking well, for a nightmare on M Street, which is the it's the uh, it's the Fritz Lang, uh, Wes Craven mashup. Equal child, bad things happening to children. <laughs> so it, maybe you you subconsciously, uh... <laughs> yeah, subconsciously indeed. Um, well, that uh, we did it. That is season two. That is season two of the world is wrong, and I hope you enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm AJ. And we have a podcast called The Director's Wall. Examining a filmmaker's career, film by film. First up was M. Night Shyamalan, then Francis Ford Coppola. Who's next? Is there anything to this whole auteur theory? Find out on The Director's Wall. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your preferred listening platform. Dear listener, If you are just discovering our podcast, you can find all of our episodes on our website at theworldiswrongpodcast.com. 
You can also write to us at contact at the world is wrong podcast.com or follow us on Instagram at the world is wrong podcast. And now back to the show. <laughs> so, okay, well, moving on through our our recap here, which is, you know, become rather epic, but who knows, you're not it's going to be a while before you get more from us, so you know, take this in in nice little bites. Uh I guess we'd like to do a a sort of a shout out to the regions that have been the most supportive of this podcast. And, uh, you know, so we, we see in our downloads where, where and when people are checking out our podcast. So I have in the, in the history of our podcast, not surprisingly, as far as countries go, we have the most listeners and the most downloads in the United States of America. I'm not going to give you the numbers because they're not as impressive as I'd like, but (laughs) let's say that in that. By a factor of 10, we have more listeners in the United States than elsewhere. But we do have a, we have significant listenerships in, five, in four other countries. Mm. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. Thanks, I think, to John Ronson, the United Kingdom mm. is... Uh, oh, sorry. No, before the United Kingdom is Australia. We have a significant listenership in yeah. Australia. Oh, okay. And so thank you, Australia. They're, uh, the world the world must be particularly wrong there, and so we are proud, to, we are happy to offer our services and our our solidarity with you. And then we have the United Kingdom, Canada, and I think due to the popularity of Radio Eight Ball in this country, India. Huh. Unexpected. And then uh, then much smaller numbers in Germany, Denmark, Ireland, New Zealand, Netherlands, and and whatnot but this is an international show these are we we, yeah. we do have listeners all over the world all over the so world so let's let's go to the united states and look at what states i'm just going to say the top five states yeah that uh that like our show number one you think it's going to be washington where we're from do you think it's going to be texas where you're from no it's California, where the movies are from. <laughs> they love movies. <laughs> yes, and they, in California, they know how wrong the world is about movies because yeah. they make them and then have to deal with the world being wrong about them. Yeah. Then, significantly, Washington does is our second biggest okay. uh, state in terms of support. So thank you to the people uh, that we left in the dust in pursuit of happier places. Uh, no, we love you, Washington. We return there when, uh, when I don't know, when do you return there? When your family calls? Yeah. <laughs> I, I return there when uh, the mail is piling up in my apartment. <laughs> and then Texas, of course. That's Thank where you, you, Texas. Do, do great things. And those are the three biggies. And then less so, we have some, some, we have some listeners in New York, Florida, Oregon, and then it starts to dwindle. <laughs> so those are our main uh, states. Now, let's just do the top cities. Now, you th- now, take a guess, Brian. Where do you think is we get the, which city do you think we get the most downloads from? Los Angeles. 
No. Surprisingly. Hmm. Seattle. Oh. So California's number one. I've lived in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really lived in Seattle. Oh, really? It's a great city. I've done stuff there. But uh, I've worked in Seattle and commuted. Anyway, so, yeah, Seattle's number one, then Los Angeles, Mm. then Austin, Mm. and then the next next city has half as much as Austin. So it's a significant, less than half as much as Austin. And that's our hometown, Olympia, Washington. But a much smaller town than Austin. A much... Smaller town where more people know us and do not care. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you, Olympia. They say a prophet is never respected in their own hometown. So we must be prophets. Okay. So shout out. But anyway, but seriously, California, thank you. Texas, thank you. Washington, thank you for supporting us to the extent that you do. And you know what? If you're not in one of those places, that doesn't mean we don't we don't appreciate your support. Let's look at so like if you're if you're one of the 15 people in Fayetteville, Arkansas or the one person in Fayetteville, Arkansas who's downloaded 15 episodes, thank you. We appreciate <laughs> you too. Augusta, Maine, Allentown, Pennsylvania, yeah. Roanoke, Virginia, Boulder, Colorado. You know, just thank you. Thank you. Nice. Those 62 folks in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, how you found us, I don't know, but I'm glad you did. And we have some ex- we have some exciting stuff that we have planned for season three. Um, do you want to talk about some of the films that you are looking forward to covering in season three? Yeah, I think, and I think it's good to say that I feel we're going to, tr- we've learned and I think we're going to try to pick more things that we both are very excited about. <laughs> so it's no more ready player one. <laughs> Cowgirls get the blues where you're just like bummed that you got to talk about a movie. If nothing to say I, I think there's something to that. If you uh, want, like, yeah. I think it's I think important. we're going to try harder. I'm going to try yeah. hard. We're going to try harder. And I think we're also going to really try to really, there's still so many movies that we've been excited about since the get go that we've yet to cover. And I think I know, for, at least for me, I'm done sitting on those. I'm ready just to go all out and like really go through the things that I really want to talk about. So I think we're, and I mentioned, it's funny. Some of these I mentioned, I think at the beginning of season two, same we're going to do it in season two when they didn't. But I'm definitely excited to do uh, some David Mamet. We talked about doing some of the lesser known Mamets or the less respected Mam- movies David Mamet wrote and directed. So excited! For uh, I'm excited to do some Southland tales. Um, I'm excited um, to do Let It Ride, the Richard Dreyfus uh, oh, gambling yeah. comedy that was a huge box office flop at the time, and I so think good. it's one of the best comedies of the '80s. Uh, yeah, so I'm just excited to really do the movie. Like, I think no more movies that I'm like sort of remember being good. Or that we talk about like, oh, maybe we should do it. Because that's how we got onto like even Cowgirls Get the Blues is we just talked about it. I was like, maybe we should do that. But I hadn't seen it in a while. 
Uh, and I think this time I'm ready just to go through. We have our list that we each have that we made like, you know, three years ago. And I'm, I think I'm sticking strictly to the list. I'm really going to go through the stuff that I'm really, really been wanting to dig into. I think that's exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. The the mammoth stuff is really exciting to me. I've been wanting to do Indian Runner. Oh, I've never Sean seen Penn's that first movie. film for a long time, and that is I I've loved that film for a very long time, and I think I've just been sort of holding it back because yeah, I'm so excited about it. it. So we will unleash that yeah. in season three. Oh boy! And and I really want more. We want we want more suggestions from you people. I know any you suggestions want us to do all the work. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and I know sometimes you've made suggestions and we haven't gone with them. Some of you have, and, uh, you know, we can't promise that we'll just, we'll be, you know, sometimes when you sit, when like you ever do this, Brian, where you're like hanging out with people are like, well, what's the movie you think the world is wrong about? And they're like, um, full metal jacket. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's usually, yeah. <laughs> that's usually, I'm like, I'm like, everybody likes these movies. Um, yeah. And then you say, but no, no, like Mordecai or the paper boy. And they're like, huh? Yeah, I don't really understand people's logic. <laughs> they're my friends. I don't question it. But I get the same thing where I'm, I'm like, well, you should do it. And then everyone will be like, say a movie that everybody hit loves. And I'm confused as to what they're thinking about. Um... <laughs> yeah. Why or don't they, we do or an episode about some... Goodfellas? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah, but you know what? It's fine. We have plenty. We have at least, I feel, two seasons worth of stuff still. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. At least when I look at the list, I'm like, we have two more years of this. I mean, we, we'll run out eventually, maybe, but the world keeps know. being wrong and they keep making yeah. movies that people hate. So who knows? And we keep discovering new movies that the world hadn't, you know, that we weren't aware of before. Yeah. Um, so, and then sometimes there's ones that I feel like because we're kind of film hipsters. We feel like the world really like knows about them when most people actually don't. Like I remember we were going to, when I first, we first were talking about doing this, I wanted to do some came running. Yeah. And you're like, everybody knows that film because Richard Linkletter showed it at our theater. Like, well, <laughs> not everyone. <laughs> I, I do feel like that's a film that since then has been getting a lot more yeah. love, but yeah, What's that one, the great one um, that, okay, guy wrote, the guy who directed Heaven, Michael Cimino, that this, that uh, the one about the brothers with Stacey Keach, or just talks about Kirk fucking Douglas, <laughs> Kirk Douglas. What is that called? The It's called the Gravy Brothers oh, or something? Oh, the Gravy Train? The Gravy Train. That That's Terrence Malick wrote that sorry okay thank you that's one that i feel like people who know a lot about films know that one but i feel like that could be a film that the world is wrong about and we could true i think it's hard when you're in a movie obsessive world like we are and that's the only people you hang out with i think you take for granted the movies that that group it's excited about not realizing that it's everybody else maybe doesn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you ever in a conversation with someone who loves films and you're like, well, what do you think about PT Anderson? And they're like, who? <laughs> not to that extent, but I definitely get like into some more, not what I don't think is obscure, but like I'll meet people that have never seen like a Fassbender movie, you know, or stuff that I just thought like everybody knew about and saw, you know, I think P.T. Anderson's like 
hip hip enough that people are in are into it but like a lot of people don't know about blake edwards like in terms of you know non-movie people or move people casual movie people i don't know i just feel like i forget that i'm obsessed with this and have been my whole life so what i appreciate and know about isn't what other people <laughs> we're all just say names and then just sort of realize that maybe they don't know what i'm talking about but i refuse to explain it because i don't want to sound like an idiot in case they do know i don't want to be that jerk but you know but I've... you are that jerk so <laughs> uh I, so uh, this is a nice segue so you're talking about 10 and what i want there there's a there's a couple of other film podcasts I want to give a particular shout out to basically because I listen to a lot of film podcasts. You don't, Brian. So don't mean to yeah. out you as someone who has better things to do. But <laughs> if the better things to do fit, then you got to wear them. So uh, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that I do when I'm listening to podcasts is think, God, I wish Brian would listen to this one. <laughs> and. The most recent season of You Must Remember This with Karina Longworth, she, I, I talk about her podcast a lot. I, it's, I think it's probably one of the most popular film co- podcasts in the world, certainly uh, in the podcast sphere that I'm aware of and well-deserved. It's one of those cases where the world is not wrong. The world is very right. And she just keeps topping herself and her most recent episode most recent season called erotic 80s that's how she pronounces it erotic 80s uh is fantastic i mean you may already have listened to it you may already be following it but their first episode her first episode was about your favorite film the movie 10 and it was Dare I say a better conversation about the film <laughs> 10 than we did on our episode and uh, certainly as good or a f- fantastic companion piece. And I recommended it to you. Have you checked it out yet? No. You got to, man. <laughs> I think you'll just, even if you just listen to that one episode, it's an hour and listening to someone give that kind of thoughtful attention to the film 10 was just it was making me so happy and a little again a little bit like i wish i had done a better job like i wish i had seen what she saw in it and i think that when you listen to her if you ever get around to it i think you'll find a you know you'll find a friend in 10 with uh, (laughs) karina longworth and you must remember this um so uh and it's basically just about it the the series starts with a discussion of Deep Throat and Last Tango in Paris and how there was this idea that there was going to be a way to merge legitimate Hollywood films with uh, highly charged sexual content in serious, beautiful films that are artistic and not just designed to be, you know, uh, a tool for, for gratification, for self-gratification. And, uh, and just how that all came to fruition in the films, the erotic films of the 80s. And, 
yeah, really just fantastic series. Can't recommend it enough. And then there's another one that I wanted to recommend also that I think you'll really dig. The two of the hosts of the podcast, the Show Me the Meaning podcast that I talked about in our introductory episode, that podcast ended. I don't quite know. When podcasts end, sometimes they're very cryptic about it. The people will just come on and be like, well, this is our last episode. We can't really say why, but... And you're like, what happened? You know, something happened that ended that. But two two of their best hosts are back with a new series called Cinemythology. And their whole first season is going to be looking at the films of Martin Scorsese, similar to the way you do with Francis Ford Coppola on the Director's Wall podcast. Hmm. And I think you'll get, I think because you're a huge Scorsese fan and they are going very deep and being very, very smart about it. And they, they did a two hour episode on who's that knocking at my door. Nice. And that is a film that I saw a long time ago and did not stick to the ribs at all. And now having listened to their take on it, I'm very excited to go back and check out that film. Great and movie. you know that <clears throat> I have uh, misgivings about that. Just generally Scorsese's films are usually about topics that are less interesting to me than, you know, the films of other directors, but his artistry is, is unquestionable. And it's just great to listen to very smart people, very uh, thoughtful people explore his work. And I feel like I'm going to probably experience a renaissance of my Scorsese appreciation because of it. Are they going in order? In order. Wow. Yeah. So... I feel like there's a kinship, like you guys are taking on big, like taking on Coppola or taking on <laughs> Scorsese is not a, is not a brief endeavor. No, it's going to take them a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Austin Hayden Smith, who's one of them, is one of my favorite podcasters to listen to, which is a very insightful person. And I'll include links to Cinemythology in the show notes. But yeah, please check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's really excellent. And we also, we, we, were talking about, uh, we were talking about the director's wall and your exploration of Francis Ford Coppola. And we're getting close to my appearance on the director's wall podcast. We are, we're going to have you for our Grisham, the, the Coppola Grisham film. The have you watched it yet? The uh, it's Rain- called The Rainmaker? No, I have not watched it yet. We're very close there. We're like two movies away. I rewatched it the other night, and I'm not going to say it's the best Scorsese film. Cop- I mean, Coppola. Scorsese. I'm not going to say it's the best Coppola film, but in some ways it also is. In some <laughs> ways it is. It... Uh, I have seen that film maybe five times and it has never let me down. It surprises me how little it lets me down. It is, I cannot wait to talk with the two of you about that film. Okay. And, uh, and Grisham, like, and Grisham films in general. I'm get, I'm preparing a whole talk on, well, not a whole talk, but I'm preparing my notes on 
all of the Grisham films. Wow. And why I feel like The Rainmaker is the best of them, uh, but that, why they're all so great. And yeah, that Very is an episode cool. I'm looking forward to. You know, one film I want to cut, the other film that's a, a Coppola film that I, I really want to cover on our podcast, but I don't want to do it because I don't want to undercut your podcast, is Tetro. Yeah. So maybe when when you get there, I might like Sneak barge in into the room because I'm like, I got to talk about that movie. Okay. I mean, it has our two of our uh, World is Wrong favorite actors yeah. in Vincent Gallo and Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe the best Scorsese. I mean, why do I keep doing that? Because all Italians look alike to me on prejudice <laughs> and the credits. I'm so prejudiced. It's your against. favorite Fellini movie. Oh, yes. It's my favorite Don uh, Tom DeCillo movie. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Well, and I encourage people to please check out while we're on hiatus, the director's wall is there. And if you haven't checked out all of their episodes, well, that that will keep you company. Yeah, there's a lot. It's done a lot. Away. You're up to, you're about to get to Dracula. Bram yeah. Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And we're going to cover The Offer as well, the, the show about The Godfather. We're going to do a bonus episode about that. Oh, yes. So looking forward to that. If you're following, if you're a fan of films, I can't imagine that if you have access to it, you're not watching The Offer. Because I don't know about you, I talked with uh, with AJ about this, but it looked so uncompelling to me in terms of the casting. It just really did not, like, I, I'm very interested in the story and the cast and everything about it looked really cheesy and bad. And I watched like the first three minutes and I was on the edge of my seat. Like it was the most compelling thing and some of the performances are very great in it but i just think that there's something about i want a whole channel devoted to move to series about the making of movies yeah i want to see jaws i want to see the making of don's plum yeah i want to see the making of i don't know if i want to see the making of brown bunny i don't want that's I think we. I think that's basically the movie like of the Brown movie. Bunny is the, is the making of Brown Bunny. Although I would love to see maybe just a, a standalone movie, which is just Vincent Gallo talking about like a monologue, like a, like a Spalding Gray style <laughs> monologue with Vincent Gallo talking about Brown Bunny sort of as the sequel. But that's not what, that's not this, what we're talking about. Anyway, um, I think we're getting to the end of this, Brian. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. You don't uh, have to edit it. You just get to like leave. <laughs> I have to. Now I'm going to live with this for the next you know, uh, for like some 15 hours of my life, putting it all together. No, so. I feel like I'm going to, you know what? I'm actually going to listen to those podcasts. I feel like I've been going through, I listen to very few. I've been going through the, the Talking Sopranos podcast and that I feel like it's good to take a break from that occasionally and do some other movie stuff. So I think hearing about Scorsese movies sounds good. Listening about 10, I'm going to definitely, I think, finally jump into these things. You can hold cool. me to it when we get back in season three. You can be like, did you listen to it? And if I say no, then you can really give it to me. And by the time <laughs> we get back, I'm going to be able to pick Scorsese and Coppola out of a lineup without getting them confused. 
They look so similar. Oh, wait, they don't look the same at all. Yes. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> it's fine. Scorsese looks like an appetizer at Coppola's <laughs> table. Oh, man. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, well, uh, thank you to all of you who have followed us uh, for these uh, 80 episodes plus bonuses and while we're gone i i have been squirreling away little like bonus topics that we got into mm -hmm. and i will try and release at least one of them a month yeah so you'll have at least a trickle of something that you can listen to while we are making our movies and our podcasts and the things we're doing and getting ourselves a little bit ahead of the game so we have some a bunch of episodes ready when we start up again, not exactly sure when, but probably autumn. <laughs> yeah, autumn. We don't know whether that's September or October, but right around. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll keep you. We'll keep letting you know. And when yeah. we in the bonuses, as we figure out what our schedule is, we'll we'll let you know. If you'd like to be in contact with us, and we would love it if you if you did, you could write to us at contact at the world is wrong podcast dot com. You can find all of our episodes on all your podcast platforms, but we have a page devoted to each episode at theworldiswrongpodcast.com, our website. If you're going to do a search for it on Google, you got to write World is Wrong Podcast. I don't know why it's why we're buried in the algorithms. Because the world know, maybe, is that wrong. <laughs> you know, if you've made it this far and if you really like us, while as a... As a way of showing your appreciation, please do hit the like and subscribe and do all the things that tell the algorithm that this is a good show and that people should find it. We, it really helps. I'm not good at asking you to do it, so I'm going to really hit it home that please, please do that for us. I, I, I'm really bad at doing it, but but I also try to remember to do it for the podcasts that I support. Uh, you can also find us on social media, on Instagram, at the World is Wrong Podcast, and on Twitter, at World is Wrong Pod. Once again, please remember that I am the one who posts on Twitter. So if you see anything that I have forwarded or shared or commented on that you're like, hmm, that's me. That's not Brian. He does not say anything. <laughs> what did you, you What go, did you do? Hmm. Why do you feel the need to say this? I just always because I'm because the because my my ethos is if there's stuff where the world is wrong, like okay. oh the world is wrong. So it could be about all kinds of things. I don't. I gen. My policy is I try and keep it germane to film, but also there are things where the world is wrong in sort of very demonstrable ways that when it you know when I'm when it comes across my feed, uh, the feed on the world is wrong. I'll sometimes just like click, oh yeah, share this. Like yesterday, George Bush. The, when you're not listening to this yesterday, but le yesterday when we're recording this, George Bush got on, was talking somewhere, and he was like, you know, talking about Putin and how he's this terrible dictator and how he invaded Iraq. Oh, I mean Ukraine. <laughs> World is and, wrong. <laughs> right. So there's the, and if you see that shared and just know, I mean, Brian, you, I guess you agree with that, but I just like to let people know that that is, that's me doing that. And if you are, 
basically, if you're angry at anything, be angry at me. If you're happy about it, be happy about both of us. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, because Brian doesn't even look at Twitter. He never says There's anything nothing there. Nothing to do about it. I want and nothing. so, yeah. So even if he may, might agree with the thing I would post, he still doesn't want to be any part of that. <laughs> and I want to just make sure that people know that in case in case it ever is an issue. I don't think it is. And uh, no. so yeah. don't be frightened. Brian. <clears throat> Everything's going to be OK. Everything's going to be OK. <laughs> And I think I've told you everything that you need to know about following the show. And I hope you come check out my website, previouslyyours.com, also androsjones.com. It's the same site. And check out Brian's podcast, The Director's Wall, and all of his stuff. And until we see you again, well, we're not going to see you, until you hear us again. <laughs> Please, please try and remember that, that uh, wherever you are, from C Seattle to Austin to the Netherlands, I don't care where you are, the world is wrong, and it's probably wrong about you. Andras here. When I'm not co-hosting the World is Wrong podcast, I'm hosting and producing the Radio 8 Ball podcast, where we answer questions by picking songs at random, like picking musical tarot cards. We've hosted musical divinations for people like John C. Riley, Patricia Arquette, Tig Notaro, and Fred Armisen, and hosted over 200 songwriters providing the randomly chosen answers from Inara George and Dan Byrne to Mose Allison and Alan Toussaint. That's Radio 8 Ball, all one word. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and download our app from the iTunes App Store. Show.